Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. On today's podcast, Mary Potter Kenyon, interviewed by Bill Brooks, discusses how everyone is creative in their own way and how we can encourage creativity in others. Welcome to Creatively Christian. I am your host, Bill Brooks, bringing you another Creative Christian. Today's guest is a public speaker, encouraging and educating beginning writers. She's a grief counselor uh, who hosts an annual grief retreat. She has six book contracts and her newest book is entitled Called to be Creative, a guide to re- reigniting your creativity. It's my pleasure to introduce Mary Potter Kenyon. Thank you for having me. Hello, Mary. How are you? Real good. Good. So uh, I've put my kid out of the house. What have you done with your eight kids? I still have a daughter at home. She's 17. She'll be turning 18 this summer. So. Okay. That's a good way. Let them grow out of your house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so uh, let's talk about in the beginning, uh, what started your creative life you uh put you put aside your creative life and uh it was reignited because of your mother's kitchen table is that correct well i don't think it ever left me exactly because when you grow up in a home where your parents are very creative in different ways and always looking outside of the box and then life gets in the way and raising eight children, but still I managed to cling to this one creative endeavor, even as I homeschooled and raised eight kids was writing. And so I would get up at five o'clock in the morning if I had to uh, sit by their beds and write by the night of a nightlight. But I didn't, I don't think I really took my writing seriously until after my mother passed away. And I found some of her writing in Amongst Her Things along with um, what was hanging on our walls was paintings and wood carvings and I really didn't see her as a writer but she had three unpublished manuscripts sitting under her bed so Mm. and in in her writing I could see what her desire was for her children is that they would follow their their talents and get to heaven and so I I kind of took that seriously those words from my mother that I was reading over and over is I decided I was going to take my writing seriously. So I attended my first writer's conference. I started um, really getting serious about my writing and my husband was a huge support system for me. So, uh, sorry to hear about your husband. Uh, A lot of this book was spurred on because of the death of your mother and then the death of your husband. So, uh, that was your motivation for, for a lot of this. So how did that affect you creatively? How did your, did that, how did that motivate you creatively? Well, after my mother passed away and I started um, taking my writing seriously, I also started dipping my toes into doing some public speaking, which I hadn't done for 40 plus years since Mm -hmm. high school. But I started speaking to groups of um, young women who evidently thought they were too busy with their own children to be creative and groups of women who were retired and who thought it was too late for them. And that broke my heart. 
so talking to these people and and realizing, you know, my mom held on to her creativity even as she raised ten children and in wow. poverty. She was making quilts, she was making dolls, she was making teddy bears, she was carving pieces of wood and making beautiful statues and painting. And I myself, as a very busy mother, had clung to that creative creative part of me that was writing. And so I think that's where the seeds of the book were planted is this idea of, oh my gosh, there's people who think they're too busy to be creative. There's people who, who think they don't have it in them or it's too late, but I knew better. And then I, my husband got to see me doing a little bit of public speaking. And he said, oh my gosh, you come alive in front of an audience. I love mm -hmm. seeing this in you. So when he passed away 17 months after my mother, it would have been easy to just give up and crawl in a hole. And because here, my biggest supporter, first my mom and then my husband were gone. But I remembered what he'd said, that he saw me come alive and that he loved that. So I decided that in honor of these people who believed in me, who saw something in me that I really didn't see in myself, I was going to continue. I was going to continue doing public speaking. I was going to continue doing workshops that I'd started to do. And I, that, by gosh, I was going to, I was going to be writing. I was going to be writing. I was going to sell this book that not just called to be creative, but a book, five books before that. I was going to sell it because I'd started writing it and I'd had a literary agent and I was like pushing to get it sold, but it didn't sell until seven months after my husband's death wow. and five book contracts after that, you know, so it, it was this huge creative period in my life kind of pushed and pushed me by grief. I mean, not just grief, but by wanting to be what these people saw in me and wanting to help other people be what we are created to do because I was studying creativity from the time of my mother's death in 2010 until I picked up a pen and decide this book is going to come out of me in 2017. That's seven years of studying and thinking about creativity, talking to creative people, you know, compiling all this into what was going to be a book that would inspire and encourage people to see them as what God created them to be. And not only that, to realize that creativity isn't what we always think it is. It's like a painting hanging on a wall, but the gardening that we do or the baking that we do and to make our life the masterpiece. Our life mm. can be the masterpiece. Mm. God is the painter. God is the sculptor. Sculptor. It says, is this sculptor? Mm -hmm. We are, uh, Jars of clay. We are jars of clay, right? Yeah, and we we are his masterpiece. Yes. You know. Excellent. Awesome. Um, so the book is written. Part of it is written like it's a like it's a newspaper article. Part of it has it's, has anecdotes. Uh, part of it is written like it's a, a proof for the need of creativity. So, uh, what audience do you want to reach with this book? I want to reach anybody, first of all, who doesn't see themselves as creative. Also, anybody who has some deep, restless yearning in them to get out a box of crayons again, mm -hmm. or to do some of what we used to do so naturally as children, or what we were drawn to as children. Our, our lives are so busy, our lives are so full, that we kind of have gotten to where we think of art or creativity or 
as something that you do in your leisure time. And most of us don't have any leisure time. Some yeah. of us discovered leisure time during the pandemic, but I was actually right. working from home. So I was actually busier than ever trying to figure out what Zoom mean. What is, how am I going to do all these programs without being in person? You know, so I was, but uh, you did see people drawn naturally to creativity during the pandemic. Uh, women drawing on sidewalks with their kids with inspirational words for people who are walking by or right. putting hearts in your windows and cutting out paper and just or maybe writing letters for the first time in years and or doing some scrapbooks or just all this creativity was coming out in us through people baking who hadn't been baking or making their meals at home and gardening I never gardened or <laughs> I never did planted flowers but I sure planted flowers during the pandemic and stuff so that's my first audience is those people who have something in them that's saying, hey, you know, I used to be creative. I used to, I remember feeling like that when as a child and being so excited and to bring that excitement and bring it back into our life, find time for it, fit it into our life because we're going to be healthier. We're going to be happier. And, you know, we're going to be more emotionally healthy just if we start doing that. The other audience are is though those people who are creative and they know they're creative but they've stopped putting it into their life and they need to start putting that creativity back into their life in some way. So uh, what do you want your audience to conclude from, from reading your book? I want them all to claim their creativity. I want every human being to claim their creativity and to realize that God designed them to be creative. And there's science behind that. It's not just faith and religion, but there's also science behind it that has proven we are designed. We are designed to be creative, every single one of us. And we see it in our kids when they're little and we see it disappear in a lot of us. But that is the conclusion I want to um, everybody to come to, to. But not only that, to figure out what it is you were designed to do. Figure out what is your purpose? What is your, what is your passion? Because They'll intersect. Your purpose and your passion will intersect. And God designed you to do something, to be something. And it could be as simple as, okay, I have a gift for working with elderly people. Maybe I need to do some volunteer work with elderly. Or I have a gift. I have the green thumb. Then maybe I can start doing some gardening. Or I I have people come to my kitchen and they're, they always leave happy because of my baking. Whatever it is, it could be being with your grandchildren. You can be very creative with your grandchildren. So there's a lot of ways we can be creative. I just want people to claim that. I want them to claim that and work it into their life because I can see God smiling on all of us who are doing what he designed us to do. And to think that our life, our life, not a picture on the wall, not a quilt on the bed, but our life can be the masterpiece. Amen. Awesome. So some of the golden nuggets that I, uh, that I found from reading your book is, first of all, fail fast. I think Google, uh, it, that's one of their company policies is to fail fast and make sure that you uh, fail f fast enough to get onto the, new, the next new project that will actually succeed. Uh, 10,000 hours, uh, don't expect yourself to be an expert before you put in 10,000 hours. Uh, the Jen Hartmaker quote, we are created by a creator to be creative. 
I thought I wrote that, but uh, I didn't publish it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't copyright that. Uh -huh. uh, daydreaming as a skill. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was a detriment. Can you, no. Can you all talk about any of those or yeah. any of the other nuggets that you have? All of those daydreamers in the world unite. If you got in trouble in school when you were a child because you were looking out the window or you were doodling on your paper, you need to see that as, oh, that was me naturally being creative. I'm daydreaming and science proves that's actually good for us. That's, that's, where, that's where the creative ideas come from. And the failing part, that's what stops a lot of us is we are so scared and we fear failure that we are too scared to try something like painting or try something like quilting or something, because it's not going to look like so-and-so's painting who's been doing it for 15 years. And so rather than right. try and have fun, like a little kid will play with paint. They don't care what it looks like, but we care what it looks like. So we have to let go of that and, and try different things just to have fun and laugh at ourselves when it maybe is a failure. That's okay. Yep. You know, just to try different things and the 10,000 hours um, too, that is another, that sounds like a lot of hours when I've ever, I've used that, um, when I've said that in writing classes or something, I see this like, oh my gosh. And people will say, well, okay, I'm 80, I'm 70 years old. I guess right. it's too late for me. And I say, but wait a minute, you wrote as a kid, you wrote in high school, you wrote maybe in college papers, you know, so, so you don't have to start from scratch. You have already built up some of that 10,000 hours. And that's if you want that to become maybe a way to make money. To yeah. have fun is a whole different ball game. You can have fun without making, without thinking you have to make money with something or you have to, you have to be, whatever success is, whatever success means to you. And uh, just to let people know that even after you've put in your 10,000 hours, you're still gonna make some bad art. You're gonna still gonna make some, some mistakes. Yeah, we. I don't know if we ever arrive, whatever arrive means, but I am still learning after 30 some years of writing, I still learn from other writers. I learn something new every day. I get all the writers magazines, I go to conferences, I, I um, teach and I'm learning from my students. So we are learning, we can learn every day, all day. And lifelong learners, I believe in that. Excellent. So uh, there's a, a Russian, there's a quote by this Russian name that I'm not gonna try to pronounce. I, I can't pronounce it either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not even gonna try, but if you listen to the audiobook, she does an amazing job. It's Mihaly, something that starts with a C. Yes. And, yes. There are more consonants in this word than I've seen in English. So, but uh, she talks about the state of the flow of comp, excuse me, flow state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was just from the Disney movie Soul when I, I thought they made that up, but it's actually a real scientific. Yes, the uh, concept of flow. About that? The concept of flow. And I, I have experienced that many times in my life with, before I knew what that meant. So if I would get up in the morning on a Saturday morning and start writing at eight o'clock and get lost in my writing, I might go get another cup of coffee, but I can be interrupted by my daughter and she'll say, um, are we going to eat lunch today? And I'll look at the clock and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> That's when you get lost in something is that you get, you get so centered in on it and you are enjoying it so much. And it's, you know, so it's, 
you just get lost in the flow. So that's a scientific thing that they've, uh, this Russian man, if you Google concept of flow uh -huh. and get lost in the flow, his name will pop up as will other researchers who have also researched this and seen. That is a very healthy thing for us to get lost in the flow. If we are enjoying something so much that the time just whizzes by, and I bet there's something in each of the listeners' lives that they realized, and it can be reading. Some people get lost in their reading, or for me, it was writing. My children knew that if I was writing at the computer and they interrupted me and I looked up at them, huh? I still wasn't hearing them because my brain was still in the writing. And so they've seen that happen with their mother. And that, you know, that's, that's a good thing for us to get lost in something. It means we might be following our passion. Awesome. So you talk about, uh, you write about the mind map and uh, can you tell us what that is and how it's been beneficial for you as well? Depending on how your brain works, some people like to work by outline. Some people like to work by the seat of their pants. Some people like to organize, you know, with note cards or whatever. Our minds all work differently. I discovered mind mapping while I was working on the Call to Be Creative book because I needed to move chapters around. I needed to know some of the things I was doing wasn't really working. And I just wanted a way to brainstorm. And then I learned about mind mapping and how it makes you use both sides of your brain. Uh -huh. And you start in the center with whatever it is you want. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna do a program on on how do you make your book into a program. So I was going to do a program on that. So I started in the middle with making a program. And then I just kind of went out with these lines and these bubbles that are hooked to the lines and you're just brainstorming without thinking too much. But the farther out you go from that central idea, which goes to another idea, which goes those branches out there is when you, both sides of your brain are working. And so that's where you might find the answers as to, oh my gosh, I never thought of this. Or, you know, so it's, it's also kind of fun for anybody who just likes to see on paper their, their brain, how their brain is working. Right. You, you don't take too much time with it. You do it really quickly. And there's fun ways to do it. If you're an artist, you can draw pictures instead of write words. And yeah, there's books and classes that you can take on mind mapping. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about how to, how can others, the, the creative people follow in your footsteps? Uh, how can we get published for, ah. for someone who has written six books? Yeah. Seven or six? Is that it's seven books, six seven. the same publisher since my husband died. It was a long road for me because I started writing in my 20s as a mom of young children and was writing things for magazines, sometimes for newspapers, chicken soup book here or there, and just different. So the book book, which is almost every writer's dream, is to see their name. I wanted to have that happen before I was 40. So I kind of had this idea and I did get a small homeschooling book published before I was 40. 40 is death. Every yeah, I know. Nobody's any good after 40. <laughs> but it was, a, it was kind of a long journey. When I do classes on beginning writing, I tell people, you know, it's wonderful to have this idea of a book in your head, but there's so much writing you can do while you're working on the book and you can start to get your name out there and you can start to get published clips. And then, then when you pre want to present your book to a publisher, 
and you have to do a book proposal if it's nonfiction, which is like a business plan. Wow. Then you can show them, okay, here's where I've been published already. This is, you know, somebody saw my writing had value and here's, here's why you need to take my book, you know? So it was kind of a long journey, but as for whatever your passion is, whether it might not be writing, it might be something else. It might be art. It, I hope that people will do the exercises in my book where I'm kind of jumpstarting, you know, where, what do I, what do I do? You know, where do I go? How do I do this? By looking up back to your childhood. That's where I start is look back to your childhood, look back to what it was that you were naturally drawn to maybe what somebody, a teacher and a trusted adult told you you were good at and start there, start at your childhood. But it depends on what your life goal is too. Do you, do you want to leave a legacy of some sort or do you want to make money off of whatever you are doing? Right. Because you probably shouldn't quit your day job if your dream is to be a writer. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some, yes, that can write for a living, but more of us out there working a day job and um, getting smaller things published just to help support our, our writing habit. Yes, I get royalty checks, but you know, I can't live off of them. So. Right. So how can people follow in your footsteps uh, by encouraging others to be creative? Mm. First of all, first of all, let's stop thinking that to be creative means you're making a lot of money and your paintings are hanging in a museum or you're up on the stage as a big band player or let's start seeing creativity in the everyday in your workplace. I mean, brainstorming meetings bring out these all these amazing creative ideas. So you can be creative in your workplace, in your home, as you're raising little kids. You can be creative in making their birthday cakes or the games you play or or how you, how you dress your children or how maybe you're going to make their clothes. You know, there's so many different ways to be creative. So th- the first thing we have to do is stop thinking it has to be a certain way. And then when we see a natural talent in somebody, tell them. If you see it in your children, encourage them. Buy the, buy the little empty notebooks for them if you see this budding writer. Or buy the paints for them if you see this budding artist. Yeah. But also in our coworkers, they they might need to hear. We have a cook at our our workplace whose cookies are to die for, and I have told her over and over how amazing her chocolate chip cookies are. It seems like a small thing, but I think she needs to hear that. I think right. people need to hear that. Oh my gosh, you are so good at what you are doing, or it's something they have not ever recognized in themselves. You might see it, so encourage that in other people. And the lifelong learning. I, I truly believe if you are interested in something, there are classes out there, there are workshops you can take and dabble in it a little bit, you know, find out, do I have a talent at painting? I used to when I was a kid, do I have a talent at drawing or writing or whatever it is? Yeah, at some point, we do have to put a little money into whatever it is that we we believe our gift is. We might start have to, having to invest in ourselves. So I yep. encourage that too. And uh, how can people follow in your footsteps as a public speaker? Wow. If you had met me 10 years ago and told me that I was going to be speaking in front of people, I would have laughed at you because I could barely talk to the butcher and the mailman. I mean, mm-hmm. that was it. I talked to my kids, my husband, and then I'd, talk, I'd order the meat at the, at the deli counter. 
And, but if you have a passion about something, because I tell people who write books this too, you know, at some point you might want to do some programs on your own. Oh, no, I couldn't. I could never talk in front of an audience. I could never talk. I said, you'd be surprised at how easy it is to talk to people about what you are passionate about. And mm-hmm. if you aren't passionate about what you're writing, why are you writing it? So there are ways that um, we can reach other people through public speaking. So I have done Bible studies. I have done workshops on creativity. I've done spoken to grief support groups. And I don't know if I could talk to you about corn, the price of corn or GMO, <laughs> non-GMO corn or, or, oh, right. yeah. or cows or, you know, I really don't think I could or would want to. And then I would stumble on my words, I'm sure, because I really don't know anything about that stuff. And I don't really want to know anything about that stuff. But when it comes to your passions, Talk, you know, you can start small. You can start at your church group or your um, a place where you're more comfortable, a book club, you know, a smaller group. And if it's not your talent or your forte, that's fine. You can just, you, you don't have to be a public speaker, but it does help in some, in some way to sell yourself as an artist or to sell yourself as a musician or sell yourself as a um, author. I'm pretty sure that God has gifted someone with the, the corn the, the passion and love for corn he he did he i know the person <laughs> <laughs> he laughs at me every time i tell him I, it would kill me if i had to talk about corn he's oh my gosh i would love to talk about corn <laughs> <laughs> there's so many spe- species and varieties and yeah <laughs> awesome uh we're speaking with mary potter kenyon the name of her book is called called to be creative a guide to reigniting your creativity thank you so much for being with us today we're going to pray us out Mm -hmm. father thank you for this opportunity to speak with mary potter kenyon and her book and we pray that uh, many people are are inspired to be creative uh and for uh those of us who are already being creative how to inspire others to be creative and uh we pray that uh, for, for her book to add to people's lives and their ministry her ministry, rather. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Call to be creative, a guide to reigniting your creativity is available now on Amazon. Uh, But please order from the independent booksellers as the pandemic has made it tough for small businesses. You can find it at www.workman.com slash product slash called to be creative hyphenate called to be creative, called hyphen to hyphen be hyphen creative. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about the resources mentioned in today's podcast, head over to our website at theophanymedia.com forward slash Mary. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a blessed day and keep on creating for our Lord.